2: You know, game week is just around the corner when you see these two lovely faces on screen. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Nate Bauer, happy and smiling as always. Sean Fitz, busy uh, getting information for us over at BlueWayToIllustrated.com on his phone all the time. Gathering intel like you see Adam Schefter on TV. At least that's how I'm going to paint it here on the show. Fitz, how you doing this morning? What's going on in your world as we uh, prepare for Penn State, Illinois? Ah,
3: uh, it's going great. Um I'm just tweeting that we've got a live show going on. There it goes. Um but no, yeah. it's uh it's another well, it's the first road trip. So, uh we're looking at things a little bit differently, but you know, I think we're pretty well prepared. Nate, you are all good for getting on the road and doing your thing. I know you and Greg are heading out to Champagne tomorrow. So, uh, have fun with that. But uh it should be yep. it should be a good time.
4: Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's time time to take this show
3: on the road. I did not make the travel roster, so I'm no. sorry about that. You're a yellow. <laughs> well, I'm a permanent red because
2: I'm here back in the studio for the postgame show each and every game. Uh, we got a great week of uh, content coming up. Of course, blueweightillustrated.com is the place to go for all the information, all the content, all the news. And and, and Nate, I want to sh- I want to throw this to you. We have a, a big update as well at blueweightillustrated.com. We have an app, which is like, that makes us officially official, right?
4: Yeah, that's true that's true no it's uh it's something that's been available for a little while i would say i don't know if it's maybe you can correct me three or four weeks probably but i think it's been in beta testing jargon there's smarter tech people out there than me who can explain uh what phase it's in but now it's in the official phase it's in the official official phase and so it is considered a a version one app and uh, essentially, it's a great resource for subscribers for everybody, really, because you can get push notifications for when all of our content comes out. Right, so anytime that, uh, as long as you have the settings correct, if if we have a story posted, obviously if there's breaking news, it becomes more urgent. Um, you know, all of all of those resources are there through the app, and it's a great a great addition to the network, and certainly for for Blue White Illustrated to uh, to have that going now.
2: Yeah, it's a great time, by the way, Fitz, to sign up for bluewhiteillustrated.com. Some of the stuff we have up there you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, just as we start here in the show and we're collecting our thoughts, just give a quick plug for what's coming up from you this week at Blue White Illustrated.
3: Well, we've got, uh, obviously, we, we take a look at the depth chart every week. Um, more travel roster focused this week. Um, in the Big Ten, just for, for everybody that doesn't know, in the Big Ten, you have to cut it down to 74 travel players, so... You know, when they went to Purdue last year in uh, Michigan last year, you know, you've got to be essentially cutting those down. So if you have a blowout, you probably can't go as deep into the bench, but you also have to prepare for special teams. You have to prepare a certain allotment for different positions. You you want to get your freshmen on the road. You want to get those guys uh, that may be on the fringe of playing some experience. You know, it, it's it's a whole balancing act because you got to cut. You've got eighty five scholarships, obviously. You got to cut that down to seventy four. It's like it's like the. Um, The scene in Rudy where he can only dress a certain amount, you know, it's, it's kind of how you've got to cut that thing down and figure out how to maximize what you're doing. And you've got guys like last year, Sebastian Costantini was not a household name, but he was a core special teamer that made the travel roster, I think every week because of what he provided on special teams. So you're going to have guys sitting at home that are scholarship guys. Um, You know, there aren't a ton of surprises, but that's kind of how you work through that. Um, So guys like Dominic Rowley, you know, who has played in the first two games as by the way, number 51, not number 52 in your program. um, But he has been on special teams. Um, So you, you've got different balancing acts like that. And it's, a smaller part of the game, but it's, it's fascinating for a data nerd like myself to see, you know, who's maybe close to the line, which positions do you need to bulk up with which positions do you need to, or maybe get a little bit more leeway with. So I think that's uh, an interesting thing. Of course, we've got um, recruiting coverage with the whiteout coming up next week. Ryan is uh, deep into that. Penn state just offered uh, a Michigan state commitment last night. Um, So there's still 2024 stuff happening there. So plenty of stuff to check out uh, on bluewhiteillustrated.com.
2: And of course, we'll get you all that information throughout the week, and we'll be providing stuff for you here on the channel as well. Last thing I'll say before we get into some talk uh, about what we saw last night um, is... Please like the video. Please share with your friends. Uh, we're going one want to know each week as well. And doesn't matter if it's Delaware, Illinois. We're bringing the same level of content, same level of professionalism, same level of chest hair. I'll fix that in just a second. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I just looked down and I'm like, oh, that was one button too, le- too few. <laughs> <are looking> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Oh, Listen, normally I'm here 15 minutes early sitting ready to go. I was scrambling this morning so I missed a couple things on the way in. Uh, but please like the video, subscribe and we'll get you all the great stuff here on the YouTube channel. Uh, Fitz, quickly we uh, we got to get to practice as well because people are here to hear uh, about what happened last night. So what did you observe over with the defense for Penn State's practice heading into Illinois?
3: Mainly personnel focused. I mean, that's really where it's been the first couple of weeks. So given the matchups, I mean, Delaware—it's tough to glean anything from. But you did see that Amin Vanover, Kazai Izzard, and DaQuan Hardy were at once again absent. Um, This is a—you know—you seem to be a change this week. Those guys were back. uh, You see Kazai there if you're watching on the YouTube. He's in the background going through the drills. Um, They look like they were preparing to prepare to play. Like that's kind of how I look at it those guys um, and obviously a big boost especially if you look at the matchups uh, regarding uh, Daquan Hardy I know we're going to talk about the Illinois rushing attack because everybody's still scarred from 2021 but Juice Williams really good in the slot and or, sorry not Juice Isaiah not Juice Williams um, <laughs> the, Illinois just has so many Isaiah Williams to, to go for um, but uh, it's uh, it's a key matchup in the game this week so having a nickelback like Hardy having a guy that can move uh, in the slot not that Johnny Dixon can't handle it, but it certainly helps that entire cornerback group. Um, James Franklin had an opportunity to uh, confirm that all three are coming back this weekend, as James Franklin would do. He did not give anything away. um, How He operates with that whole thing, so not a big surprise there. Um, But all three back and and, uh, out and about at practice yesterday, which is a good sign.
2: Uh, If you want to check out uh, this game, of course, you're going to watch it on television. But why not come to a Penn State football game and stay in style? We've talked about ways to get your tickets. We've talked about ways to get you uh, all the things you need. What about having elite experience when you come to Happy Valley? And that's what AlumLodge.com wants to share with you. They want you to stay the way you want to stay. And that is entirely up to you because they have a concierge system of you get to stay at a house not an airbnb not somebody's garage not the loft above the garage you get a full house one of three great locations around happy valley and by the way different locations depending on what you might want to experience you want to stay out in the country a little bit they have a horse ranch you want to stay around town you can stay in park forest or in toft trees check out these places at alumlaunch.com you can see them here and use promo code bwi when you uh, put in your reservation and you will get uh, 10% off your booking. Call 814-424-3266. That's BWI to receive 10% off your booking and you can see these awesome places at alumlodge.com. They are filling up quickly. I was doing a little bit of preliminary looking while Fitz was talking. I could not find anything for the whiteout but I was, uh, I'm not the expert here. You should go check that out and make sure that you reserve your spot. Go in and find out right now if you can get a spot for the whiteout game because that is a big weekend. But that's not the only weekend. There's plenty of home dates available, and they fill up very quickly. So alumlodge.com, you need to go right now. You need to check it out and sign up to have a customized concierge experience. You you like a particular type of coffee? Would you like to have that stocked in the pantry at this house? They can do all those things for you as well. If you have needed it to be exactly 76 degrees in the house, I'm assuming they can do that. I don't know, uh, but I would imagine they can do that at LumLodge.com.
3: Okay, round two. Name
4: something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. <sighs> Ooh, a book club.
4: <sighs> Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some
3: serious prizes. Ch- chumbac.chumbaccasino.com. Number no over by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Nate Offense, what did you see? What were the interesting insights that you gleaned from that side of the football?
4: 76 seems hot to me. I, I don't know. I need it a little cooler than that, T-Frank.
2: I'm a, so a 76 but dry. A dry 76 mm-hmm. I feel like is a perfect, you know, not too humid. Around here it can be very humid and very muggy at 76. <laughs>
4: that's 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 the great My wife inside.
2: complains about it all the time. I'm sorry. It's the only reason I'm thinking about it.
4: Yeah. Um, no. Offensively, last night it was it was fairly straightforward. I, I I will like full disclaimer, as you as well saw, T Frank, the defensive line and offensive lines were working together. Uh, yeah. Towards the end of the period that we were watching, and conveniently, as it is uh, such these you know six foot six behemoths more or less shielded uh the, the media from seeing any of the action and so yep. my insights on the offensive line uh this morning are nil <laughs> I, I, I cannot provide you that because they did not have that uh yesterday at practice however what we did get a good look at was the quarterbacks certainly and the receivers and some of the tight end usage i thought you made a great point yesterday after practice i mean just the. Uh, It's a, it's an area of the field that they might be able to exploit and have some success with, Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a, um, you know, I I don't know if I want to call it a change, but, you know, Keandre Lambert Smith has been working at different, like he rotates through the different receiver lines pretty frequently, right? One of his greatest strengths this season for Penn State is his position flexibility, uh, right. He, he can play inside. He can play outside. He, he can do a lot of different things. And so one notable thing to notice yesterday was just that he started uh when they initially started doing passing work. He started in the slot, which is a little bit of a change from from recent weeks. So, uh, you know, does does that bump Liam Clifford down a little bit? Do they do they intend to use him more in the slot? Um, You know. Conversely and concurrently, I should say, on the outside, you, you saw Malik McLean. So, yeah. you know, maybe this is the week that Malik McLean, who obviously ha- has made an impact in his first couple of weeks at Penn State, maybe, maybe he is in line to, uh, to get his first start this weekend. So, should, should be interesting to see. Fairly, fairly straightforward. But, um, yeah, you know, this is, a, this is a team ready to, uh, to take its, uh, its show out to Illinois.
2: I th- I love that Nate. I love those observations because they tell you uh, some insights into what you might expect from Penn State this weekend, which you know spins us into our preview of the game coming up. But Fitz, I want to come back to you. I feel like maybe I rushed through defense. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Anything that you saw? I apologize if I'm putting you on the spot here, but we got through some of that stuff pretty quickly, and I want to make sure if there's anything you wanted to talk about that you wanted to hit on. We didn't we didn't skip over it.
3: So we've hit the point in the season where it is like not go through the motions, but it's the situation where you don't glean very much because it is the same drills every week. It's the, uh, the tackling drills. It is the, the safeties catching interception. You know, it's, it's really a bunch of the same. So a lot of it's personal based right now. Um, I thought, uh, just one random, um, one random observation, Joseph Mupoy, the freshman defensive lineman, that kid is huge. Like in, yeah. in, in, a, in a way that he does not look like a freshman. Now he is not ready to play. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination, but you put him beside Jamil Lyons and Mupoy looks like the guy that's playing like Lyons is a big dude. Like Lyons looks fantastic. Um, I thought he looked good um, in the action against Delaware, um, but Mupoy is taller. He's, he's got a little bit more length. I mean, th- this kid is a, a prototype now again, smith vilbert was a prototype like that that's where i'm at with the expectations for mupoy he's going to take a couple of years to develop yeah. but he's got that physical aspect to it that you like to see so that was cool to see him up there um it's been mason robinson that's been running around with those defensive ends now it's uh mupoy a little bit more um so that was uh that was interesting to see again not expecting him to play but uh that's uh that's a good looking kid right there um beyond that defensively not much um Nate, you're gonna have to get taller. I'm sorry if you want to watch the offensive no. line. Um, so we no. might, have to, <laughs> might have to flip up. They took him from me this week. We were sitting down there. I was sitting down there uh, talking to Tyler Donahue, and all, all of a sudden, the defensive line just goes off to the far field, and we're like, "Hey, come on, guys, give us something here." And we, we didn't get anything. So um, that's that's quite all right. Um, but because uh, we we got him last week, the the offensive line came to the defensive line last week, so it was an away game for the defense this week. So not a ton to take away from it. Um, it was good to see. Um, Going back to Hardy there for a second, um, coaches joking around with him, just giving him uh, crap for just being, you know, in the situation that he's in. So it seems like it's a lot more comfortable in that in that aspect.
2: Uh, One of the things I want to throw in that I thought was interesting watching the running backs, if you see the um, uh, the highlights here at uh on the show we'll be posting those later today at blue white illustrated's youtube channel but um the running backs are going through a new drill i you, you mentioned it's the same drills every week so when there's a new one i'm like oh awesome we get to see something different and they were going through a bag drill where there was a there was a weight tied to i think the football and uh jaywan cider was was pulling on the string attached to the weight so that they provide resistance so you could run through keep your legs up run through uh, tackles and stuff like that so I thought it was just something new something interesting to see how they're mixing it up and trying to uh develop different skills within their players because if you if you do the same thing every time you're going to get the same results so I, I was uh I thought that particular part was interesting but a practice, you can get their full insights over at bluewhiteillustrated.com, um, and you can see what we saw at practice. And, of course, the highlights, by the way, they're up over there at the site already. I get those up on uh, Wednesday night, so if you want to see the full highlights, that's where you go. And it's probably where you should hang out if you want Penn State football. So let's get into the game. Talk about the upcoming game, Penn State versus Illinois. Fitz, you had a great preview article yesterday, so I want to start with some of your insights into what you saw from Illinois uh, to start this week when you were watching uh, some of their games back. This is going to come up in in the chat, and I'm just going to throw up an early uh, mailbag question because this was from our Monday show. We didn't get to it, but this is what everyone wants to know. How is the Illinois team similar and different to their 2021 team? I know... um, they are missing some players on defense that went to the NFL, but what about the overall team, specifically the offensive line? Lots of lots of scar tissue from this, fit. So what, what did you see this week?
3: It is a sore spot for Penn State fans, rightfully so, because you had to sit through that game, which was just awful. Um, and again, the, the offense lost that game, not the defense, but here we are. Um, so that team is very different. And it's very interesting when you talk about a Brett Bielema team, you're going to start with the running game, start with the offensive line, start with you know the, the ways that they put points on the board at Wisconsin, at Arkansas, and now at, at Illinois. That's not necessarily this team. And I'll also start by saying Toledo, not bad at all. Uh, Kansas, not bad at all. So they've had a start against some pretty good – I mean, this, these, this three-game stretch is one of the harder ones on their – um, on their schedule, and that's saying something because they're in the Big Ten. Having said that, um, this team is not buoyed by its offensive line, like as you expect from a, from an Illinois team, from a Bielema coach team. Um, Kansas beat them up. Kansas beat them up good. And uh, I think that's an interesting thing when you're talking about Penn State's defensive line and whether you're... You know, wherever you stand on Penn State's defensive line, I think they're more talented and I think they're more physical. And uh, I think that they have the opportunity to, if they do their their jobs, they get the stunts right and things like that, to yeah. put them behind schedule, put pressure on Lou Galtmeyer, the uh, Ole Miss transfer quarterback, and really put them behind. And that's been the story for Illinois in the, last, uh, in the first two weeks is they've gotten behind pretty quick. And it's been a situation where they've had to throw to uh, try and keep up or try and get back in the game haven't had a ton of success. I think they won by 11 last week against Kansas on a Friday night. Uh, you get that extra day of rest, but they were never in that game. Like That was never close. I think it was 28-7 at halftime. It was 21-0 at one point. It was just a, a, yeah. a blowout from the start. Kansas had their way, um, sort of gashed them. But on the other side of the football, I just think that uh, the, the offensive line is very much a work in progress. Um, talking to people around Illinois, you expect some changes, and they're going to slide some guys around try and find the right combination. They have some guys that have played well in, in spurts. And it's just a matter of that, that consistency. And I just don't think that offensive line is there yet. Um, They don't have chase Brown, who was fantastic. Like I I, uh, classically underappreciated probably because he was in the big 10 West because he's in Illinois. He was fantastic. Um, uh, But they don't have that this year. Reggie love is the running back um, who is, I don't know that he's a, I don't know. He's a three down back like chase Brown was. So that team that you saw, uh, not steamroll Penn State in 2021, but run for 300 and some yards. Um, It was, it's very different than I think we expect this weekend. Uh, Honestly, I see a lot of comparisons with West Virginia in the sense that their quarterback is their leading rusher and he does a lot of scrambling. He does a lot of trying to get away from things, makes some things happen with their feet. So that guy's going to pick up first downs on Saturday with his feet and it's going to, you know, you have to be able to tackle in the open field. So uh, Penn State's keys. Get up early, um, like everyone has, or like those two other schools have done against Pennsylvania, or excuse me, against Illinois this year. And then you've got a recipe for what you want to do on offense. You're gonna make Illinois throw it. Um, they don't necessarily have the threats on the outside, as I mentioned. Isaiah Williams, really, really good player in the slot, and I would not be surprised they try and get him involved in the running game, do some jet sweeps stuff like that. But that's that's your offense right there. Is is what the quarterback is going to be able to give you, and if you put him behind, that they're they're going to have trouble digging out of it.
2: Yeah, it's interesting kind of the non-parallels between the two games. Remember, Illinois last year was it was after the bye, I believe, but that was also the game after Sean Clifford got hurt. P.J. Mustafer got hurt. Penn State is adding players to the defensive line, presumably with Amin Vanover and Keziah Izzard coming back for this game. It, that was Izzard's real first uh, week of I'm now a starter for Penn State back in 2021, two years uh, advanced, they many more defensive tackles to be a part of the game. So it's just interesting to see, like, maybe it's the same players, but they are very different players, 23 to 21. Uh, Nate, do you have where are you looking for development this week from Penn State's offense and what they can do going up against a team that has been vulnerable but also has some real strengths? You know, that defensive line for Illinois is a real strength, but it seems overall like the defense can be vulnerable. What are you expecting from the offense this week?
4: Yeah, I, I do think that Drew Aller is going to be under more pressure, maybe, than he has been the last two weeks. I, I, I thought uh, just watching that Kansas game, like, and this is a very huge aside, but like J- Jalen Daniels, that quarterback at Kansas, like he's a dude, like he was very, very good. He escaped rush pretty con- consistently, I, like I, I mean, liked him. Big Big Twelve uh, preseason Player of the Year uh, offensively, right for for Kansas. So I, I do think that that's important to keep in mind when evaluating this game. Is that Illinois defensively? Uh, was it was it bad? Yes. Also, was it playing an offense that had some. Opportunity was was opportunistic, right? Like, yeah, there were there were different things that that were happening there that I, I thought are important to keep in mind, uh, looking at this game, and specifically for for Allard, I, I do think that it's like it's going to be a much different look in terms of the pressure that he sees
2: yeah Um, can I jump in here quickly yes go how about it two two things I noticed watching the film on that that Penn State is not going to be able to replicate or I don't think wants to replicate the first thing is you mentioned uh the the running quarterback having your starting quarterback be hyper mobile in the way he was they use that running game a lot against Illinois to spread them laterally and then on top of that you know we talk about read option we talk about read option football Uh, Kansas was reading a different defender than normally normally it's the guy in the end line end of the line of scrimmage They had these super weird splits where they split the tackle out wide and then they had a giant gap in the middle And what they were doing is they were reading the defensive tackle They were reading Jerzon Newton leaving him unblocked and letting the quarterback run in that situation I, I don't know that that's an area where Penn State's gonna replicate but they do have I think the athletes to cause some problems for uh kansas in a similar way so i apologize it's just you you teed that up and i was too
4: excited to talk about that so please continue yeah no i just i just think it's uh it's interesting one of one of the um one of of all the things from that kansas game it's that kansas had explosive plays constantly right i mean it, it was just a game of explosive plays and so if i'm looking at penn state and some of the success that penn state has had over the first two weeks right with a bunch of explosive plays in week one against West Virginia. And then f- fewer in, in my mind, in terms of the, the big game breakers, certainly there were, there were a bunch of chunk plays against Delaware, but they weren't backbreaking type explosive plays. I think that's fair to say there was no 70 yard touchdown catch. There was no 70 yard touchdown run. Uh, you know, maybe that's something that is a little bit more accessible this week against that Illinois defense uh
2: come back to you Fitz because this is one thing watching I think if anyone who's watched Illinois one of the things that stands out at some point is Jazon Newton is just nuts like to to be that athletic and mobile at that size how does Penn State contend with that on Saturday what, what do you think they have to do in order to contain that and allow the offense to operate around him
3: yeah it's really interesting because he can line up pretty much wherever he wants to and he's he's a menace and um, that 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 three-man D-line front is very good and I don't know that they've played up to their potential yet, probably because of game script, like how they've gotten behind and things like that. Um, The the thing about Illinois defense is you look behind them in ways that are in in a couple different ways. Number one, the depth on the D line is not really there. Like those three guys have to be it for them. They have to be on for them. And then beyond that, uh, the second level of defense, third level of defense, they don't have cleanup guys. Uh, Sidney Brown, who's with the Eagles now um, was awesome at, cleaning up messes for them, um, last yeah. year and actually the last couple of years. Um, so he's, he's gone and you've got to figure that out. Like Kansas was getting to the second level on a regular basis and just gashing them. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it, it was really routine by the second quarter. They were just, uh, have d- doing whatever they want. So get past that first wave, maybe get those ends up field a little bit. And, uh, and you've got an opportunity for some cutback runs. I think Singleton has an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to break some off. Curious how they play their safeties after watching Delaware, you know, and and to a certain extent, West Virginia, try and keep everything in front of them. That's got to be like if you're a defensive coordinator, this is a first time defensive coordinator. That's got to be the uh, the way to go if you're trying to defend Penn State is try and keep everything in front of you. So curious to see how Illinois does that with the horses that they've got, got three really good ones really up front. And then beyond that, there's there's a bunch of question marks. So curious to see how they can fold over and fill gaps and things like that. Um, Penn State's offensive line is going to be a test, um, especially on the interior. Uh, Norzad Nelson uh, specifically—you've uh, got those, uh, you got those big bodies in there. I'm, I mean, Nelson is huge. Um, he's going. There's going to be some uh, essentially sumo matches in there. Uh, some brawling on the interior. There's, there's, some, <laughs> there's some beef in there. So i mean yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that, and then just keeping those guys uh, off balance. I think really, if you're Penn State you're going to move drew a little bit. I know it's a three man front, but you move, move around a little bit, hit those crossers because in the first two weeks, Illinois has been susceptible to guys coming across the middle and Penn state. I think they found something there. Like it's, it's, it's been their chain mover. You saw Cephas do it last week. You've seen Keander Lambert Smith and Wallace do it. So they've got an opportunity to bring somebody from the backside. I don't think that they've got the speed in the secondary to, uh, to to keep up with those receivers for that long. Like they've, they've got some good coverage guys, but not guys that are going to step up. They lost a lot to the NFL. Like there was a lot of talent on this team last year and they're, they're filling holes. It's what, it's what uh, every really college team goes through. And, and Illinois, I just don't know is, is deep, in the sense that they can plug and play and and, and have success like they, they have in the past couple of years
2: yeah it's just interesting watching game scripts play out and kansas attacked laterally so much that eventually um you know illinois starts deploying more resources to contain the lateral run and then there's giant voids in the middle of the defense where you've got those linebackers in space by themselves and i, I wonder if uh, this is something i've been wondering this this week fits is like. Is it tempting to try and replicate the same game plan from another team, even if you don't do the same way, kind of the same style of attack to say, hey, we're going to do X and then create opportunities off of that? Or do you have to kind of just come up with, okay, what's the new way we attack this defense? Because they're obviously going to see that coming. It happened seven days ago.
3: I mean, it's, this is college football coaching. So it's like, take someone else's stuff, make it your own. That happens all the time. Like that's, it is, um, you know, flattery imitation, whatever you want to say with that saying. So yeah. I think that's, that's how you go about it, but you've got a different quarterback. Dan- Daniel's an hour, very different quarterbacks. So um, you got to play to your strengths, play to your running backs and, and you're playing the situation. You know, I think we've played that up a lot this offseason. I thought Illinois would be better than they are um, in terms yeah. of what they, what they can present to you and how well coached, um, how, how good that coaching staff is. Um, I just don't think they have the dogs to do it. And where you're going with that is, you know, Penn state gets up a couple of scores. You can turn those defensive ends loose. You can make Altmaier sort of run for his life more than he already has. And you've got an opportunity to really put, to put the uh, foot on the throat. Um, You know, 11 o'clock. I hate doing the, the, 11 o'clock kick thing, but this is the first opportunity for, for Drew to go on the road and start. So, it's a different uh, sort of mindset. It's a different sort of approach um, when you're staying in a hotel the night before, um, a, a, an unfamiliar hotel the night before. Um, those things are probably overrated, but still present, I would say. So it'd be interesting to see. I, mean, I would not be surprised if this was a, cl- a closer game at halftime, sort of like the West Virginia game. And then Penn State is able to, to, to open it up a little bit. Uh,
2: Nate, w- when you're looking at the kind of the storylines coming into this game, what are you looking for Penn State to prove to you um, as far as areas that, that you know, you think are important?
4: Boy, not sure. I mean, pro- prove to me. I, I don't have to prove anything to me, right? But I, but, I do think that. Yeah. I, I got you. I got you. I, I do think that defensively. Uh y- you know, this notion of a a ball hawking takeaway focus defense is important, right? To to have not secured one against West Virginia, they get two against Delaware. There were there were really more opportunities than that against Delaware that the Penn State wasn't able to necessarily take advantage of. And so if they if they are going to become that type of defense, uh, you know, maybe this is an opportunity. I d- I did think uh, re- regarding Altmire if you look back at those interceptions, both of those balls were in his receiver's hands. Now I thought the second one was, uh, he threw it into double coverage. Right. But if you're, if you're looking at the, uh, the likelihood of, of Altmaier making bad choices and just like cleanly picking him off, I'm not sure that that's right. Right. Like, I'm not sure that that's an expectation to have for this game, but yeah, it's it's uh it's it's going to be it's going to be a a challenge for Penn State um that you know if if you were looking for signs of growth from week to week to week is is this a week that the Penn State can can truly take the ball away and and just win it that way right just by just possessing the ball and scoring off of those
2: if I could add just one thought here uh, observation from the game is I- I don't think Altmaier can read a defense very well. I saw him locking on to number one quite a bit. I saw a lot of, uh, I don't want to say one and run in terms of like looking at one read and then trying to run because a lot of times he looked at one read and then froze. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a one game sample size. I, I'm going to go back and watch some more film before, you know, the Friday show where I kind of get into my thoughts. But that was the first thing that stood out to me is like, e- it's it's hard to operate an offense when your quarterback has limitations that seem like they're as, as evident as that. So guys, uh, let's get into your predictions and fits ask and ye shall receive your score
3: prediction for today is uh, I, I have Penn state winning 38, uh, 14, I believe um, it, Sorry. We did that yesterday and I had to, to, to jog the memory there. Yeah, I think Penn state's better. I think they've got, uh, you know, just an opportunity to come out and be successful running the ball um, and throwing the ball and I think Illinois is going to try and throw a bunch of really mixed-up zone at Drew to try and knock him off his game, which is what you got to do against a first-time quarterback starting his first game on the road. Um, Illinois really tried to go man against Kansas last week. It went very poorly, so I would be surprised if they did that because Penn State has the athletes to really bust that open because they don't have the speed in the secondary and and actually the back seven. So I like Penn State here, uh, 38-14, 14-14. I'm curious to see where that comes from. Like I said, they go to Isaiah Williams a lot. Six catches, 99 yards last week. Griffin Moore, the tight end as well. uh, Four catches, 56 yards last week against Kansas. Kind of came out of nowhere, um, but he has an opportunity to, I think, find some spots in the middle of that defense and and catch some balls, and and he's got to be their chain mover on Saturday if they're going to keep in this one.
2: And Nate, uh, I think this is a redemption story for you because your score prediction, very different than the last couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm tired of being the guy that has the <laughs> lowest score for Penn State. So I've got 42 from the old Nittany Lions uh, to Illinois 17. So I, I I do think that I I have seen over the first two weeks an offense that can do really what the defense allows it to do, which is the whole point of this, right? Is you yes, you want to maximize your your best features and do there it is, Eric with the, with the same point I'm stealing from Eric. Uh, it can, it can do a lot of different things, right? It could score in chunk plays. It can, it can be explosive and it can also be patient and mature, which is that, that massive takeaway from Aller after last week. That's just like, Hey uh, you know, this is a kid who is not like most college quarterbacks, right? Is he, he will be happy and not make mistakes along the way moving the ball 12 to 15 yards at a time up the field right through the passing game. And, and you, you uh, you intersperse that with the running game and and what the potential is there for Penn state. And it's just an offense that I feel can do a lot of different things, uh, you know, depending on what that defense is presenting. So yeah, 42, 17.
2: Penn State getting a big win to open Big Ten play, and uh, it'll be fun to see exactly how they match up. I know, uh, Fitz, I think you're right in terms of how uh, Illinois is going to play on defense. I think it would be fun to find out if Penn State's receivers are, if they can blow up a, a tight press man coverage. Because if there's one thing Illinois has done over the last two years, they play more cover zero and more cover one than a lot of different teams so if they don't play it that way I think we, we we won't learn a little bit more about this receiving core and some of the personalities of these players but Penn State's going to get a win in this situation I think from both of you guys uh let, regardless
3: let me let me follow up on that what was Penn State's longest scoring play last week non DeLuca related
2: uh scoring play yes uh three yards four yards they were all from the goal line right it,
3: it was five yards Penn State scored 63 points last week and what many are calling a boring 63 points like yep they were able to finish but with and they did it without the big play um so I think some teams you know the way the Delaware played them uh allow you know sort of allowed for that I'm oh, sorry uh six yard run was the the winner my my fault uh, apologies to Bo Um, but it's really interesting the way that this offense has been able to do whatever they sort of, whatever they wanted and not rely on the big play, which was sort of the Moorhead thing was like, you're going to score on big plays. Other than that, it's not going to happen. So if you can do both, that's pretty good. Like, I I think that that's interesting to watch. So, um, the, the, the fact, I know it's Delaware, I know it's FCS and everything like that, but the the fact that they've been able to score in different ways over the first two weeks, I think it's been uh, something that we would like to see continue on the show.
2: Yes, uh, new interesting things each week to talk about are excellent. And uh, new interesting things to talk about generated by our audience is something we get each week. I'm always impressed by the questions we get. Most of the time, I'm impressed by the questions we get in the BWI mailbag. Uh, these questions come from the blue white illustrated message board, but if you've got a question here in the chat, we'd love to hear from you as well. There's been uh, a lot of over under, are you taking the Nittany lions over in this, in the chat? If you got any questions for us here on the show, throw them in the chat as well. We'll be talking to you guys throughout the show. And if you're feeling flush heading into this game, you can always donate to the channel with a super chat. We appreciate that as well. Getting to the questions here, uh, and I got to see what my order was to make sure we get them. So that nobody is surprised here. This is from Pancho Five Seventy, who are two players on offense and two players on defense uh, that have your attention against Illinois. Um, let's take this from the Penn State perspective that you uh, that you're looking for Nate in this game that are going to have a big impact.
4: Oh, okay. Offensively, is he saying under the radar? You're going to pick Nick no matter what, so it really does Well, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say Nick Singleton. And no, I, to be honest with you, and it, and it kind of surprised me a little bit yesterday, just given what the expectations are for him. But Theo Johnson has two catches so far this season. So, yeah. right, it, it, Theo Johnson seems like a, a fairly prime candidate to, to have some success against Illinois. I think that I'm, I'm still looking for Keandre Lambert-Smith to be huge, right? That's just – he he's, he did it in the first game. He had some moments in the second. Is is this a right? It's it's this notion of with with him it it will be until it's all the time. Like, can this be consistent, right? Can this be uh, the thing for him where he is the top receiver every single week? And so far, I think that he's he's shown that he has that ability. But now you get in different to do it ways again. too. In different six, ways,
2: yeah. Six catches, three catches, explosive plays. He, he's done it both ways
4: so far. Yep. Yep. So can can you can you do that now against a a Big Ten defense on the road and in in a a less familiar environment? Right. I mean, you just have all of those different. uh, It's been a little bit since Penn State's been out to Illinois. So this is not a a scene that's going to be familiar to a lot of these guys. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Fitz, you want to take the defense
2: for us, two guys that uh, you think will have your attention that will have your attention going into the game?
3: I think uh, first off, I want to say Malik McLean on offense is one that's very interesting to me because he has seemed to, um, seem to absorb uh, his role and and do some really good things, including blocking. Like he's he was there on the, I believe on the uh, T formation touchdown to open the game last week. He was right in the mix, so you're adding him not as a quasi tight end, but a guy that's willing to be physical at that position is is really good. So I'm I'm yep. interested to see that. Um, defensively, um, I will say this: Kalen King hasn't been tested that much this year, but I, I would like to see, you know, him take that step. Like he's a tremendously talented guy. Um, but there have been times when, you know, he's they've looked his way and he's been sort of, but I think that's kind of irrelevant at this point. Um, you can go back into the defensive line. Uh, I think that uh, I think Denai Dennis Sutton is getting better. And I think he's going to have an opportunity this weekend to, to make, um, to make an impact. Whoever's lined up on that right tackle is going to have an opportunity to make an yeah. impact this weekend. Um, so whether it's deny, whether it's chop Adisa, Whomever it may be, whoever is playing that 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 defensive end spot is going to have an opportunity to, to make some big plays this weekend.
2: Yeah, this has got to be the week, I think, based on everything we've seen. And you, you make a good point of mentioning that right tackle. This has got to be a week that the, if, if these guys are elite, these are these are the tackles you need to attack and, and kind of beat up on um, this question coming. Uh, Nate, I'm going to come to you on this one.
4: Uh-oh. What's
2: your favorite Big Ten school to travel to and cover a game? Uh, also goes to GMAC14, goes on to say, appreciate the coverage from all of you. Fits reason I switched to BWI, but it's the work of everyone combined that keeps me, and I'm sure so many others here, best Penn State coverage around. That, I, I can't have a better advertisement for joining BlueWetIllustrated.com than that, the people that are happy with the product we're putting out. So thank you very much for saying that, and if you haven't yet joined, and you're here on the show, like you're missing half the battle. So Nate, answer the question, please. Where do you like to go travel?
4: Where is the best hotel? Where is the best food? Oh my! Well, hmm, I, can I have multiple answers? Is that okay? Sure, sure. Okay, so the, I mean, the best, the best Big Ten locale is Northwestern, obviously, right? It's Chicago. It's uh, Evanston is scenic. It's it's just it's kind of the best of both worlds because uh, it is a a cool environment right like whether there's anybody there or not from the press box you can see like Michigan right it's it's just it's cool it's a it's a cool place to watch a football game uh you love Pat Fitzgerald so
3: yeah it makes sense
4: I love Pat Fitzgerald I I love the fact that Penn State fans can go to the game for you know a mere fifteen (laughs) dollars like about Northwestern that are great and then on the back side of that you, you get to be in Chicago for the weekend so that's fantastic however you know, I'm I'm willing to absorb the hate here. Like, I mean, bar none, the best non Beaver Stadium game experience is Ohio State. It's not even close, honestly. It's it is it is a dope place to watch a football game. It's always electric. There's always a ton of people there. And uh, you know, it it helps that the two teams that are playing in the game are usually top twenty five, top fifteen, top ten, top five type teams. So Fitz, you want to add in here?
3: No, I, I agree with that. I'm actually going to Northwestern in a couple of weeks just because it's, you know, it, it makes sense. And we get a nonstop from State College, which does not happen anywhere else. Um, yeah. That's good. Um, I've never been to Madison. I really want to go to Madison. Um, when we were uh, yeah. supposed to go out there in 2021, um, really? there were travel limitations, um, you know, so I wasn't able to go out. I I went out uh, actually later that year to the Ryder cup in, in Wisconsin and had a blast in Wisconsin. You can get a big ass pretzel anywhere you go there. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I've never been to Madison and that's one of the cooler environments. Um, I've also never been to Lincoln. Um, cause you know, you think this big 10 West split thing, they haven't been out to uh, those schools very often in the last decade or so. Um, so those are two that I definitely have on my list, um, cause it's fun. And then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to Oregon. I went to Oregon this summer on a, on a vacation. Can't wait to get back out there. It was fantastic. And I did not go to Eugene, but uh, I'll take that one anytime I can get. Um, I've not been to Iowa City or West Lafayette, and I'm perfectly fine with that. So that's (laughs) kind of where I sit on this.
2: Uh, I've been to very select places. I cannot recommend Rutgers is one of the places I've been (laughs) Uh, question here from me in the chat, and I'll answer this one quickly, get back to some of the message board questions. Ryan asks, T. Frank, are you watching the Delaware game? It seems Olu and Harrison Wallace missed key blocks or didn't execute them well, uh, and they limited the explosive running plays. Do you agree? Uh, Nate, I texted you this question of, like, you can check out T. Frank's film room at bluewhiteillustrated.com. One thing I didn't include was, hey, should I include Olu Fashanu not having a great game? Uh, as the best player on the offense from a perception standpoint and like do is that, an, he did not have a good game. Um, I think if there's an area I've been highlighting this off season and I didn't talk about it in the, in the, in the film room is why, why I mentioned that because there's just, there's 25 minutes. That's too much. Anyway, didn't get into it. But yes, I noticed that as well. If you're executing a block where you've got to keep the guy to your inside and he consistently gets to back to the outside, this is an area where Olu's game is not up to the perception of Olu Fashinu. Um, he has the strength, he has the length, he has the athleticism to do it, but just run blocking in general, some of those domination plays, I haven't seen that from him, and that's something that I've been looking for in not only understanding what he is as a, as a football player, like his overall profile, learning more about him, but also then what are, what are the strengths and weaknesses of his game? Because these are going to come up in the draft process. Like once we get into nitpicking everything, these things are going to come up. So yes, Ryan, I would agree with that. And that's an area I think that in this game coming up, I want to see how he performs against these big physical defensive linemen. Let's get to our next question. Fitz coming to you with this one. Steven wants to know, do you think Bielema can build on his previous templates and establish a team that can reliably churn out winning seasons in the future in the big 10? That was a question that we all had coming in. Fitz, uh, what do you think after what you've seen so far?
3: Reliably um, is going to be tougher when they ditch divisions because he's not going to have those, those certain Big Ten West schools that he should be able to beat. Um, with with teams that he develops um, as he's developed them at, at his previous stop. So I, I don't know. Like it's I, I thought he was turning the corner and then they lost a lot. And then, of course, they lost their defensive coordinator uh, to Purdue. So there's a lot of question marks I have about going reliably. I think he's a great coach. I think he's able to put um, the guys in the spots that will maximize their opportunities, and, and and I think he gets a lot out of his team. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to be reliably in that in that region, especially with these new teams coming into the Big Ten. So very curious to see how that uh, that goes in the next couple of years. Um, I, I, can he do it based on his resume? Absolutely. Um, am I willing to bet on that? No, I don't think so.
2: Uh, Then I'm going to ask you this next question here to follow up. Given what we've seen through two weeks, if you were the Illini defensive coordinator, how would you game plan to stop this offense? I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Can you go into detail of keeping a lid on everything?
3: Yeah, deep safeties and zone with some movement before the snap to try and confuse the first year quarterback. I don't think there's anything crazy here. I think they have to make up for their deficiencies, which is unfortunately for them speed um, and talent at that second level. So I'm curious to see how that works. If they try to come out and match up man to man, Penn State's going to motion backs into the slot. They're going to, uh, you know, just I would say torch them. So you got to keep those safeties, uh, in front of the play and you, you have to, uh, you know, guard the backside because what we've seen from Penn state in the first couple of weeks is they've been a little bit susceptible to that backdoor cut there. Um, and I think Illinois could be the exact same way, given the way that their defense aligns, if you don't hit that right gap and you're going to leave just from a math perspective, you're going to leave something open and Penn state has the talent and the speed to exploit those, those things. So, I would go a lot of zone and just stay back on your heels and don't let anybody over top of you
2: last week. I think Delaware provided a decent template for what they were going to see this week in terms of a three down front, gumming up the interior running game and mentioned it earlier in the show. Kansas ran outside. They, they went uh, around the defensive line. Do you think Penn State's going to do that?
3: Well, if you, if you look at what Penn state did last week against Delaware is they ran a lot of the inside stuff, I think in an opportunity, or because it was an opportunity to go against the defense, this is a third straight odd front, three-man front. So give them an opportunity to learn to run inside and learn to to know what they do inside. You saw it when Trey Potts came in the game. He just scooted out around the edge, and they had success. Penn State could have done that all day. Like Penn State was, with the backs that they have, they could have done that all day against Delaware. But I think that was a teaching point for them to uh, take what is in front of you and try and maximize what you're trying to do. And what they're trying to do is run inside. And I think it was building for a game like this.
2: I I'm just uh, that to me is the, the interesting thing in this game is, is where is Penn State going to run the ball and how are they going to try and attack this front? Because it, it, they can't abandon it. They can't abandon that. They can't go hyper pass because that's exactly what Illinois that's, that's the whole design of this defense is to take away what you want to do up front. Um, Let's see this last. We got two more questions. I think here. P T dookie 33 says through two games, one thing you feel better about. And one thing you feel worse about than you did prior to the start of the season. Nate, I'm going to come to you on this question. Uh, Good and bad. What are the things that have surprised you good and bad throughout the first two games?
4: Yeah, I didn't quarterback. Right. I I didn't know. I I just, you just, and I I still don't feel like I know exactly, but if I'm, like gauging my optimism for what drew Aller can be. Yeah. It's, it's much higher. Like, I mean, I think that there is a, a floor for him that is higher than, than I would have said, right. Is he, he, he can be that guy. He has demonstrated that I think the maturity side of it being that style of quarterback is a huge part of this is just being a mature patient quarterback right? it's just it's just yeah. so hard to find that in college football so if, if he can continue that trend then absolutely it's it's much better than uh even my most optimistic projections before the start of the season on the on the downside i mean kicking i think i, I i'm just not really sure like I, my, my issue is and obviously we've we've had uh, different conversations on the message board over the last couple of weeks about different positions, defensive tackle being one of them, um, you know, some of the linebacker concerns, right? There's a few different spots yeah. where people have kind of honed in on and And my only argument in any direction is it's too early. We don't like, there's no, there's no sample size. Right? You just, what can you take away from a game where Delaware ran 41 plays? It's just not, I just don't I don't have enough to be able to to point out and say, oh, well, the, you know, something that I thought was going to be OK is not OK and, because I just don't know. So I think it's just going to take a little bit of a little bit more time to be able to figure some of those things out.
3: Fitz, you have you have a thought on that? Yeah, I think um Nate's right in terms of like the sample size like you don't want to take too much away from Delaware. I will say Tyler Warren was very good last week. Theo Johnson has been physical. So like the tight ends that you I mean replacing brenton strange was going to be tough because of everything because brenton strange did everything well like it was not a situation where he was a a split wide guy or just a blocking guy he did everything well and you look at those other guys that they had and you're like there's holes in these games and for through the first two weeks and i know it's again a limited sample size but they've they've blocked well they've caught the ball well when it's come to them so i think the tight ends have been like on par with expectations which is saying something when you're coach tells you that it or when your coach says it's the best uh, tight end room in the country or whatever he says on that. So I would say it's maybe a little bit under the radar because of the stats, but I think the tight ends have, have done a really good job so far.
2: Yeah. And and the way they've used Tyler Warren, putting him in that Brenton strange role, I think uh, speaks to his strengths where last year when he's filling in for Theo Johnson, I don't know that he's he can play that traditional Y. He's big enough, but like his strengths are are kind of more geared towards an H back, and we've seen that where he's been. I think more efficient in, in the way he's been on the football field as that as that second tight end
3: and and kickoffs from Gabe Nuoso and also last week from Alex Falcons. Like those things don't matter when you're watching the game because you, do, you just put it out of, out of your mind when, when it's a touchback. And that's the best way that you can view kickoffs is like, don't even think about it. So yeah. um, I think they, they brought out one last week from deep in the end zone and Zion Tracy made a heck of a play. And then the second one was kind of a pop-up kick. So um, give your coverage work a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of exercise there. But the kickoffs so far, I mean, the best kickoff goes through the end zone. Like I, I know you want to pin them down as far as possible, but put your kickoff through the end zone. Don't put yourself at, uh, at chance to take that risk.
2: Last question we have here from the message board, Fitz. I'm going to come back to you with this one to start. What is the biggest hole on the team so far, weighted for positional impact? This is from uh, Tij, T H I J. Never know how to pronounce some of these uh, some of these screen names, but he's he's a he's a regular contributor at the site. So, Fitz, what what do you think in terms of what you've seen so far? Question you want answered? Biggest hole so far.
3: You, you never know how to pronounce them, but we do enjoy you trying to pronounce them on the fly live. It's been <laughs> pretty great. I'm going I've back said and it a thousand times. 33 here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at what Penn State's been able to do at run def- in the run defense, and they've been good for the most part, but those chunks have showed up at times, and especially in the first game with the quarterback run, and I think that's going to show up again this weekend against Luke Altmeier. So that, to me, is, um, you know, it, that that's the biggest thing, is how do you limit those chunks on the ground? Of course, Delaware had the, the, the great run. Run, which we pin on Elston, um but it's uh and it, that's really the, where the hole is is the consistency in the run defense and and not leaving up those big plays like i said it's been pretty good otherwise like you you think about what west virginia was trying to do and what they weren't able to do i think they were yeah. right around 3 3.2 yards per carry for their backs um you know it, which is probably a little bit more than you were expecting for Penn state's defensive line, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, and, and linebacker depth, I said Elston before they got to be better and behind Kobe King, who is, I I think did. Okay. Like Nate brought this up this week. He was not in the stat sheet. Um, but I thought did. Okay. And again, these guys were playing what 15 snaps or something like that as a, as starters. So, um, you got to figure that out that one out because that's it's been 2 weeks in a row where you're just like man this is how how much can they go and and is it a situation where later in the season you're going to have to lean on a guy that's a that's a backup you do it at every position and and that one's kind of scary right now
2: yeah, yeah, I, I think that one's fair. And then getting an idea of Kobe's consistency when he's out there because it has been so much interchangeability at that middle linebacker position. feels like a couple times he's guessing and, and maybe he pulls himself out of position, but then he makes great plays. So that could literally consistency from that position is on, on multiple levels. I think that's a great call out. Um, that's and, what and, we got and, here from the And building show. on
3: that, like you look at the replays, and I'm sorry for going back into building building on replays, you just, you've got guys going in the wrong gap and and that's going to happen. It's college football. It happens, but you like, you got to clean those up because when it happens against Michigan, you're going to, you're going to notice it. Like, cause that guy's going to be running for 60 yards. So um, they've, they've got to clean that stuff up. And I think a lot of it's gap soundness. I think Penn state in the first two weeks, they've done a lot of stunting. And I think so, that is what we're, what we're looking at sort of, or what we were talking about with the inside run kind of by design is learn how to do that now against a team that doesn't know you're going to do it. And so that, you know, the uh, the bounce that you're gonna take or the 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 other guy that you're gonna run into and and it's gonna make you better as a defense eventually. And it's just you're gonna see some bumps um and you're gonna see some misassignments because of it in the early part of the season.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been exhausting to watch the film and be like, okay, every play takes twice as long because you got to chart where everyone is going and maybe where they were supposed to go. So it has been so much stunting. Nate, final thoughts here as we get out of the show.
4: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I think that this is Delaware, right? Like the Delaware hangover to me is very hard. I, tell, I told Fitz this in the parking lot yesterday. You just, there's there's only so much that you can take out of that game. And there's only so much really that I feel like you could take out of the first two games of the season. And so is Illinois uh, as bad as they looked in a 28-7 first half? I don't think so, to be honest with you. I I, I don't like, I think that they're probably a better team than that. They, I was going to point this out earlier. Illinois scored in the last 30 seconds of the first half. So like the, yes, or excuse me, Kansas scored in the last 30 seconds of the first half. So it's, it's almost like contradictory points because Illinois defense was able to limit um, Kansas to six points in the second half, but also, Kansas moved the ball pretty much at will in the second half. They just didn't come away with points. So it's just, I I don't know. It's just going to be, it's going to be very interesting for me to see Penn State continue on the trajectory that I think that we're expecting, but also trying to figure out just who and what these opponents are, right? Because at this point in the season, it's really hard to know.
2: Fitz, you get the last word here. Anything else you want to add about the game coming up this weekend or anything clean up from the show?
3: So last week you guys laughed at me when I made a step by step reference, and I would just like you to know that my Twitter mentions um, appreciated it more than you guys, and uh, that's pr- basically all I've got. I
2: I just want to say I didn't get it. I've never seen step by step, so that's that was my problem.
3: <laughs> it gets Sorry. worse. Wow. Oh my. Okay. <laughs>
2: Oh well, I'm goodness. gonna I'm just going to stop talking now so I don't get fired. That's it today for the BWI live show. Sean Fitz, Nate Bauer doing an excellent job here providing you the context that you need to know. The preview coming up for Penn State football playing Illinois this upcoming weekend. Some things to clean up here at the end of the show for me. Tomorrow, Friday, 10. It's five things Friday. Five things that I'm looking at coming into the game that uh, you want to bone up a little bit more on what's going to happen. I've got some guys, some things I want to point out as well. That's our live show tomorrow. And then... It is the Penn State football tailgate show in conjunction with Seven Mountains Media. We are doing that live 9 a.m. from their studios. I'm not going to Illinois and doing a tailgate show out in the Illinois parking lot. I'll be doing it from the safe confines of State College because I don't like to travel either. (laughs) And then, of course, the live postgame show. Fitz, are you showing up for the postgame show? you coming to the postgame show?
3: That's the plan as of now, yes.
2: All right. Well, then we have an awesome postgame show for you immediately following Penn State and Illinois this weekend. So that's all coming up here on the show. Thanks to everybody for participating, tuning in, and, of course, for our excellent experts here on the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow.